Welcome and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary and me, Ron Rains, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Do what's best for your kid and for yourself because if you can't take care of yourself, you're definitely not going to be able to take care of that kid and that's not fair. And I know that my daughter will be well taken care of with them. Don't have an abortion. Give this child a chance. All I could think about was needing to save my son. My name is Kelly Rourke-Scary. I am the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and creator of the You Before Me campaign. I have a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. I was adopted at the age of three days, born to a teen birth mother, raised in a closed adoption, and reunited with my birth mother in 2007. I have worked in the adoption field for over 15 years. And I'm Ron Raines. I've worked in radio since 1999. I was the co-host of two successful morning shows in Prescott, Arizona. Now I work for my wife, who's an adoption attorney, and I'm able to combine these two great passions and share them on this podcast. During the COVID pandemic, you know, I think I I always kind of alternate between COVID-19 and coronavirus because it seems that's what everybody is doing. Right. So you want to make sure that you use both. So people who refer to it as one can resonate with that and you're not leaving somebody out. So I, I go back and forth and I'm not sure why we all do that, but we're doing that. The precedent has been set. So let's follow it. Let's follow it. Let's jump in. Be part of the crowd. Uh, (laughs) All right. So birth mothers have a really big job to do when they are proceeding and making an adoption plan. We've talked about hospital plans in the past. And a hospital plan is where a birth mother sits with her caseworker and makes an outline of how she wants everything to go at the hospital. Mm -hmm. And it's a detailed plan so that we know what our role is. We can explain to the adoptive parent case manager what their role is, and we can let the hospital social worker and the hospital staff know what their role is. So everybody understands, you know, whether birth mom wants to hold the baby after uh, she delivers right away, who she wants to cut the cord, who she wants to be in the delivery room, who she wants to be her primary support person. Uh, If she winds up having a C-section, who's going to be the one to go in with her? So we lay this out just so that we all have an idea of where she's going with it. Now, it changes all the time. A birth mom may go into the hospital and she may say, wait, I want to do it like this instead. Or wait, 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 I want to change this. And that's totally fine. It's just a guideline and a starting place. But it's a big deal because in the hospital, that's where a birth mom is a star. It's her show. And... We want her to feel that. We want her to feel that special, heroic feeling. That empowered, right. And unfortunately, this is now all changed due to uh, coronavirus, COVID-19. It has absolutely taken away a lot of that glory and heroicness that they get to experience in that moment. Now, it doesn't take away from the adoption experience, per se, entirely. It, it, it does take away from that time. It takes and away her control, correct? Her control of deciding, and we're going to go through the decision-making. 
it, it takes away a lot. It minimizes her choices. Okay. Let's, let's, let's kind of minimize it. It minimizes her, her choices. And so what I thought we would do, Ron, is we would step back and try to bring the positives into the situation that we're in. Because right now, when we're looking at a hospital plan and we're looking at birth moms and how this is negatively affecting them, you know, life's a roller coaster. When you go up, you come down, you go up, you come down. And I know I've made the reference before in uh, the movie Parenthood with Steve Martin. The grandmother talks about how she likes the up and downs and she doesn't just want to go on the merry-go-round. Right. And so um, I always think of that because it, it's true. I too wouldn't want to go on a merry-go-round. I'd rather, I don't like roller coasters in actuality, (laughs) but in theory, I like roller coasters. That makes sense. Right. I think there's so much negativity with the coronavirus and and COVID-19. And I agree with it. I agree. It's killing people. It's, you know, destroying our economy. People are not able to work. They're at home. Kids are not able to go to school. There is a lot of, of negativity that is around it. It's a really hard time. It's unprecedented. We're scared. We don't know what's going to happen next. We don't know when the country is going to open back up, what that's going to look like. Uh, Are we going to be wearing masks the rest of our lives? Like, we don't know what's going to go on. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, let's try to find a light in this tunnel. Let's, Let's try to. And then let's talk about the choices that birth mothers still get to make in their hospital plan, even during COVID-19. One thing that I was thinking about is, did you see the picture of Switzerland's Matterhorn Mountain, which by the way, is a roller coaster at one of the big parks at Disneyland. Well? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what? I hadn't seen the picture until you sent it to me. And then uh, I started seeing it after that. I'm like, oh, this is cool. That is very neat. What was your first response when you saw the picture? It just felt good. Kind of like we're all coming together. Almost like after 9-11, we all said, okay, we're a nation again. And now this is saying we're a world, people. Let's uh, get together and celebrate each other. Right? Right. Absolutely. So the fact that they they, um, illuminated the, the mountain with the American flag for a few hours as a symbol of solidarity during on 4-17-2020, I thought it made us united. For for a moment or a few moments, there mm-hmm. was cohesiveness. Right. And that's positive. You know, we all talk about, oh, we want world peace. We want this. <laughs> well, for a moment, we have it. You know what I mean? And hopefully we'll get a lot more of those. Right. Um, you know, the fact that South Korea has committed to mailing us uh, COVID-19 tests I think that's incredible, too. Again, amazing. The world coming together over this travesty yeah. that's affecting pretty much every nation in the world, it seems like. Right. So. And and China's donating masks and protective gear. And I have to say, when when this first started, I went, and I know we're going to talk about parenting in, in another podcast, but mm-hmm. I went online and I was actually reading um, blogs and um, statements from mothers in Italy that were quarantining and completely, um, you know, isolated with their kids, just like we're doing here. (laughs) And just because I thought, okay, this mama has walked it before me. And so I want to 
understand, you know, everything she did right, everything she felt she did wrong. So I can, you know, she can help me without even knowing me. Leading by um, example. Yeah. And so I thought, I just thought that was really neat that, you know, in society today, we can get on social media and we can have those experiences. Um, as you stated, we are, as a nation, and hopefully as a world, becoming more united. I love it when we can use the word united in United States. Like, that's what it's for, because right. we're united. We're all together. So I love that. Um, I love that the people that we have not recognized as heroes, per se, um, and shown due respect for these frontline workers are now finally getting what they have deserved. You know, nurses are finally being appreciated, whereas before they were looked at as just, you know, doctor's assistants and mm -hmm. they didn't get their MD and, and so forth. And I have uh, a very, very close friend. She's actually the godmother of um, my youngest son. And she told me the other day she had to go into a local store and she was still in her scrubs from the hospital because she had just gotten off of her shift. And she said that there was a line because they're only allowing so many people to go into the store. She said that they allowed her to walk ahead and go into the store right away. And she said, I felt so funny doing that. And I told her, no, 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 you deserve it. Absolutely. I promise you, everybody standing in that line would not want you to wait. I promise you that they would probably be clapping for you if they didn't want to feel silly and they wanted you to move on ahead. And so um, I think that, you know, we are finally recognizing how important teachers are. And, you know, there was a big red for ed movement and people were not unitedly positive and supportive. And I think now that may very well change. I know that when the kids get to go back to school, I will be sending gifts and putting bows on my children's heads and they'll, they'll be carrying in flowers for their teacher and everything else because I don't ever want them to not teach my children again. <laughs> right. <laughs> so and take care of them for that matter. <laughs> I saw uh, a post on Facebook and it really kind of brought this home because it said, finally, we're at a point in our society because of the coronavirus where we are not celebrating the actors, celebrities, sports heroes, and all this right now. We're celebrating the teachers, the nurses, the doctors, the first responders in this coronavirus the epidemic. Store clerks. Absolutely. Even, I mean, for crying out loud, the uh, fast food employees who are still out there and doing their job and getting us food, even if it is fast food. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I mean, we sure. are thinking about the little people instead of these big, you know, hotshot celebrities <laughs> and movie moguls. And stuff. We looked at as little people. They'll be looked at as, you know what, you, wherever you work, as hard as you work, it, it what matters what you put into it. It's mm -hmm. not the job per se or the degree that it took to get it. It's, I think it's your heart, mind and soul. I mean, if that's your goal, if that's what you're doing, then by all means, finally, this is a time where you can get your glory. Because I tell you what, I don't know that I could be a grocery clerk right now. I think I'd be too scared. Mm -hmm. And that's me being candid. I, I, I really admire them. Yeah, I really I, do. I was in Walmart uh, with my brother-in-law, and you know everybody gets to social distance except for the people at the. I was thinking this about the guy who was at the cash register 
you know, and checking our food. He has to deal with every single person that goes through that line. And it's less than six feet for him. He can't do it from six feet, 12 feet away. He's got to be right there. Every single person that passes him, he encounters. So he's taking that risk. And I appreciated it. You know, a funny story on that. Right before uh, they issued the stay-at-home order and we had a little bit of time, Mm -hmm. I did my last in-person grocery store run. I haven't been to the grocery store since. And, you know, I'm going through. And because we have so many kids... Adam is with me and we, we both have carts. And I mean, I am throwing food in like, you know, I'm not um, hoarding or, you know, totally stockpiling, but we do have six kids at home. And so there's eight of us. So we go through it really fast and I'm reading on, cause I am a real follower. I'm reading all the little signs that say, you know, maximum quantity, you know, two of this and two of that. So I'm counting it. And apparently I misunderstood that when they said two of the cleaning products that they, I thought they meant like two of each kind. Right. You get two pine saws and two right. dish soaps. Yeah. And, right. So I had, you know, gone through and, and, and thought I was following the rules and <laughs> rebel. the store manager came up cause I was doing the self checkout cause I didn't want, I didn't want the cashier touching everything. So right. I, I was, you know, still paranoid at that point. Um, and so I'm doing a self checkout and the store manager comes up behind me and he starts going through my cart, pulling out things and telling me that I was not allowed to, I felt violated. Like, like I was embarrassed. Like he's going through and he's pulling stuff out and telling me I can't buy this. I can't buy this. And I felt like shamed. Just tiny, like this big, right? Yeah. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I, so now I do uh, follow the delivery. <laughs> oh, you do delivery even better. <laughs> you probably don't want to go yeah. back to that store even after this is done. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was a genuine mistake. Right. But I mean, it was loud and there's people looking at me and I thought I didn't. Yeah. You weren't doing it. To, you thought no. you were following the rules. Right. I understand. No. No. And then I was really afraid. This is even kind of off topic, but because I had, I was like halfway through my order. And then I looked over into my bags and I thought, oh no, because I had already had some of it. So then I thought, well, I guess if he goes through, he can start returning. You know what I mean? Like it was a mess. Yeah. It was, yeah. But he obviously <laughs> didn't go through your bags that you had already paid or no, checked out. I didn't, I didn't want to make a bigger scene. And uh, my husband's over at the other cash register giggling because you know what I mean? Like I'm busted, um, <laughs> but it wasn't intentional to be busted. But right. Yes, you was. weren't like grabbing 7,000 rolls of Charmin and, you know, and it wasn't, I mean, would that have meant that you get to get two things of Charmin and then two things of Scott or whatever the other brands no, I knew that, <laughs> But I thought, I didn't realize that like you couldn't have two Fabulosos and a Windex. Right. <laughs> so it wasn't. It's one of each, and that's enough. Okay. Interesting. I hadn't really given that much thought, but now I know. I apparently hadn't either. <laughs> Let's find the highlights mm-hmm. uh, in the changes in the hospital plan that a birth mother has to make. So sometimes when you sit down with a birth mom and you're talking about a hospital plan, it's another actually actualization moment for them when they're choosing an adoptive family it becomes super real they're Mm -hmm. in the moment 
the present. When they're making a hospital plan, again, in the moment present. When they first speak to the adoptive family on the phone, in the moment present. So this is one of those big moments. This is a big, I don't wanna say hurdle, but it's, it's a big jump, okay? Oftentimes, even if you prepare them and let them know, hey, we're gonna sit down and talk about it, and you start asking some of the questions, they think, wow, I haven't really thought about how I want that to go. So we spend a lot of time talking about different scenarios and different options, but now those have really, really slimmed down. From a birth mother's perspective, I can see how it would look like a lot of lows, but you and I are gonna point out the highs. So the positives would be this. In Arizona, and this is not across the United States because I know every state has their own rules and regulations. Uh, so in Arizona, a birth mother who, or a pregnant woman who's laboring and delivering can have one support person in most cases. Mm -hmm. This isn't a possibility for everybody, especially if a birth mother is showing symptoms of coronavirus. The limitations of visitors can be positive if you look at it from this perspective. The birth mother, if she's allowed to have one person, can have one person in with her that is positive about her adoption choice. She doesn't have um, negative uh, feelings about adoption. Those, those people in her family, friends, expressing negativity, making her feel bad, they, they can't show up. So that's a positive. Um, if the hospital originally allowed three people in the room and she has a big family and wants her caseworker in there and the adoptive mom, it would be hard to pick and choose. This way, there's just one. So there's just one choice. Right. So that's a positive. Um, in Arizona, due to the hospital's occupancy and safety precautions, uh, adoptive parents are not able to obtain nesting rooms. In normal situations and in most hospitals in Arizona, when we have an adoption situation, an adoptive family can have their own nesting room, which means they get their own room at the hospital and baby can go back and forth if birth mom allows from the adoptive family room to the birth mom's room and they can all uh, be staying at the hospital together in separate rooms. But because that's not an option right now, uh, the birth mother doesn't have to make the decision of whether or not she wants the baby to be in the room with the adoptive parents without offending them, without having them feel like, you know, she is giving up some of her time with the baby or robbing them of their time with the baby. And I think sometimes when you have less choices, life can seem less stressful. Yeah, it's definitely easier. When, when we go to, um, we love to go to the Cheesecake Factory. Mm -hmm. I love the Cheesecake Factory. But I have to say their menu is overwhelming. It's like a book. Have you been there? I have not been to the Cheesecake Factory. Heard good things. Why haven't you been to the Cheesecake Factory? Uh, just never have. Not a fan I of don't cheesecake. cheesecake. I'm not either. Okay. But their food is really good. Okay. I, we will do that. Minus the Cheesecake <laughs> but, Right? But I agree with you. When you have... You know, whatever it is, whether it's shampoo and you have six choices, it's like, okay, I can handle that decision. When you go in there and you see, you know, Vidal Sassoon, you've got 7,000 different things. Oh, Pert has conditioner and shampoo, and this has that, and this is for soft hair. And it's like, that's too much. So if you limit that, bring that down a little bit, it does make things much easier. It makes life easier. A thousand percent, which is why when, and, and a good point to bring up is when we have birth mothers choose adoptive families, 
I always say the ideal number is three to five because, you know, some, some agencies will flood them with 20 and we could do that, but Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's, it's overwhelming. Right. It's too much. So look at three to five. If you don't like any of them, then we'll bring in some more. But rather than go through all of them, I mean, you could be going through hundreds of these and it would, I think it would just be confusing and stressful. And maybe this will eliminate some of that stress. If a birth mother is exhibiting any coronavirus symptoms, she will most likely be tested right at the hospital. This is awesome because then she doesn't have to go through the process of going to the testing site, making the appointment prior, having to wait there, having to go through all, it's a one-stop shop. So I thought that was a positive. Doctors and nurses are are normally very, very, very kind, very compassionate. But Mm -hmm. I think right now everybody is going the extra mile, especially understanding that this is not the norm in an adoption situation. And a birth mother does not have the people surrounding her that she normally would. So I think getting that extra love, care and support from the nursing staff and the doctors is is a positive. I think so too. Do you have any specific stories? I mean, because you deal with this on a daily basis for in some things. Um, Have you heard any particular stories that you're like, wow, that is neat? Yes. So we had a mom that uh, we believed or the hospital believed uh, had symptoms and they tested her. And I thought they were like rapid testing, you know, almost like a pregnancy test. But no, it takes 24 hours at least, sometimes even longer. And so she didn't uh, get to, to hold the baby right away or even see the baby because she was quarantined until her test came back. Right. And you know, they kept coming in and checking on her. And I think at one point uh, they took her phone and took a picture with her phone of the baby so that she could see. And they let her know how the baby was doing and kept giving her, you know, updates more frequently than normal. And, and I think that that was really kind. That's very Um, kind. It was, thank goodness. And she tested negative. So it was positive. Uh, (laughs) It was positive that she was negative. Right. Got it. It was positive (laughs) that she tested negative. There you go. Uh, So yeah. So there's, there's an example. And also, I think that we all should be grateful that we live in a time where many of us have cell phones that have great cameras on them. We can video chat like we're doing. Um, And all of our birth mothers are supplied with a smartphone. So they can take pictures of their baby and still show family and friends the baby. And they still get to, you know, show them what a great job they did carrying this baby, giving birth to this baby. And that's a big deal. That's a really big deal. And I think, yes, it's, it's a little thing, but where there's a will, there's a way, and that's a way. So in those five things, I hope that we can, again, find more positives in this time of negativity. I love the whole analogy of lemon and lemonade, right? You know, lemons are sour, but we add <laughs> water, ice, and sugar, and it tastes amazing. I mean, we crave it. I crave it. I think it's great. Um, so if we can stay united, if we can stay in this positivity when we're surrounded by so much negativity and so many terrifying things and so many unknowns, I think that we'll be able to be stronger together. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. And I hope that, you know, this too shall pass and life will return to normal and, people will 
heal and become healthy again. And we, like I said, we'll fight this pandemic together. Thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption. If you're listening and you're dealing with an unplanned pregnancy and want more information about adoption, Building Arizona Families is a local Arizona adoption agency and available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112. That's 623-695-4112. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get started on creating an Arizona adoption plan or just get you more information. You can also find out more information about Building Arizona families on their website at azpregnancyhelp.com. Thanks also go out to Grapes for allowing us to use their song, I Don't Know, as our theme song. Birth Mother Matters in Adoption was written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me. Please rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to us. We'd really appreciate it. We also now have a website at birthmothermatterspodcast.com. Tune in next time on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Raines.